Uh, it wouldn't be forgiveness if they deserved it. <laughs> like, you don't forgive somebody who didn't do anything wrong. You forgive when somebody did do something wrong. So it's not wrong to release this. It actually heals you instead of holding on to them. Welcome to Getting Money Right, a show dedicated to helping you achieve financial freedom through education and inspiration, so you can be free to pursue your true life's purpose. We are your hosts, Leo Sabo and David Thompson, and on today's episode, we're going to help you identify the root cause of your financial problems. In the last episode, we covered some of these root causes, and we want to dig a little deeper and cover the remaining root causes that lead us to really make some bad financial decisions. So hopefully by the end of this episode, not only will you know what these root causes are, but also we're going to talk about some of the remedies. Like what can we do to help overcome some of these root issues that lead us to spend money the wrong way or even to do things financially that certainly is not best for us. Now, there are at least three major components of every single person, and we'd argue that there are actually four. One is mental right? It's our minds. It's how we think. Two is our emotions. This is our soul. Three is our physical. This is a strength that we have, our physical bodies, and also our spiritual. And really what we want to say about that is really our heart. It's the footbed or the foundation of who we are and why we do what we do. And we really want to deal with this belief system that we have in our hearts because many times what we don't recognize is that our beliefs lead to our behaviors, and our behaviors lead to, to our outcomes. And as we discussed in the last episode, if we just focus on fixing the outcomes, the symptoms of our problems, we never really deal with the root issue, which is based in our beliefs. Yeah, I think that this framework is really important for doing some serious digging up of roots in our lives. And that's what these two episodes are all about, mm -hmm. is digging out these roots. And we've got to realize that you may have a root that is inside of your mind that is causing you to go down a certain thought pattern that is causing you to have problems in your life. Mm -hmm. There may be an emotional root where you have been wounded or there's a pain point in your life that causes you to do an emotional reaction. Uh, just as we can have physical pain and physical, um, physical wounds, there are mental, emotional, and I believe spiritual wounds as well. Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. so we're going to the root of these things, dealing with our beliefs, dealing with the way that we think about things. And as we deal with our beliefs in the heart, then our behaviors get better and then our outcomes get better. And sometimes mm -hmm. this takes time. Sometimes you change a belief and almost overnight you see incredible fruits start to sprout out. Sometimes it can take a year two years, three years, but you've shifted the belief and then the behaviors have changed it and changed and then your outcomes change. So as we began to talk about this in the last episode, we talked about insecurity mm -hmm. being a major root and several kinds of fruit that that leads to in your life. Right. We talked about pride. We talked about fear and idolization. And honestly, all four of those things really fit very well together because I believe pride and insecurity mm -hmm. are two sides of the same coin. Right. And I gave a great example. <laughs> I gave a great example. I'm quite <laughs> prideful of the example I gave. <laughs> I gave an example, which I believe was great, about how I struggled with pride and insecurity at the same time and how that is something that occurs in almost everyone's life. If you're prideful, 
there's probably insecurity. If you're insecure, you're probably going to see pride manifested as well. No doubt. So today we're going to continue on at looking at these roots. Mm -hmm. And I want you to write down any root that resonates with you and any fruit that you're experiencing in your life. Because we talked about how, you know, you see the weeds grow in your yard. You don't just chop the weeds off with a lawnmower. You get in and you dig the root out. So we want you to write it down so you can identify it in your life and then begin to pull these things out. That's good. So let's touch on the next one, which is past wounds. Now, past wounds are painful experiences that lead us to putting up walls in our life uh, because of the hurt that we experience, right? I don't know anyone that hasn't been wounded in some way. And sometimes that happens in our childhood. Sometimes it happens with an important relationship that we have. But unhealthy defenses and boundaries uh, are created to protect open wounds in our emotions and in our spirit. Just like you'd protect a broken arm, you protect your emotions and spirit. But if you don't take time to heal the wound in the same way that you would maybe put a cast on an arm that's broken, if you don't deal with it, if you don't allow it to heal, it will fester. It will come back. It'll it'll be the very reason why sometimes you'll do the wrong thing because it's a reaction to that yeah. wound, right? It's Think of it, if you have a wound and somebody pokes you in that area, mm-hmm. what's your reaction? It's not calm. It's like you're going to smack that person or you're going to, you know, wince in pain. And that's really what happens with us. When we're wounded and that wound is is not healed, it allows something in our future to trigger that wound. And then out of that, we react in a way that's not for our best. Yeah, that's right. I tore my ACL in college playing basketball. And I remember after that, anytime somebody would come near me for mm. at least six months, yeah. I would cower away <laughs> because I didn't yeah. want them to hit my leg where that wound was. Uh, and I would also maybe, I, I didn't do this to an extreme, but I would I would verbally push them away very quickly. If mm. somebody got too close, I'd be like, hey, 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 be careful, be careful. Yeah. We see this with emotional wounds and mental wounds because somebody begins to get too close and you start yelling at them and you throw up a wall of anger Mm -hmm. so that they will step away because you don't want them to get too close to pushing that button. You may end up rejecting someone else before they can reject you. And this has a major implication on our finances. This changes the way that we move in our careers This changes the way that we relate to our spouses. Mm. You are going to have a very difficult time coming into unity if you have a hidden wound that you're not aware of and your spouse isn't aware of. And every time they get too close in a certain area, and this could be, you know, really practical stuff. Hey, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to go out to eat and and grab some food for, for us and the kids. And you react with anger or fear or anxiety because of a wound from childhood where maybe too much money was spent eating out and the, there wasn't enough you know, in the house for other important items. I, there are so many places where you may have something beneath the surface and that wound needs to be healed. So these past wounds often lead to the next root problem, hmm. which is inner vows. Yeah. And when you're wounded, you throw up a wall or a defense and you vow to yourself inside that you will never experience that pain again. Hmm. And, and you make a promise. I will never allow somebody to cause that kind of pain in my life again. And so I will never allow myself to feel insecure in my clothes. Maybe you grew up in hand-me-downs. And so you make an inner vow. I will never make my kids 
wear second generation clothing mm-hmm. or wear unstylish clothing because you experienced a pain. And so you make a vow that promises no matter what, even if we have to take on debt, even if it causes me to fight with my spouse, even if it causes me to have other problems in my life, I will not allow this pain into my life. And so this is something that can cause you to become controlling in your family. It can cause you to become controlling in your work and it can cause you to lose control in your finances and that is a major problem. So a lot of times these wounds lead to personal vows. David, you mentioned uh, the clothing thing, and I've actually had an experience where I've actually counseled a couple and saw how this actually played out in their in their marriage and in their communication, because the wife was raised in a fairly affluent home. The parents had enough money, but for whatever reason, her father wouldn't buy her name brand clothes. So she's the only kid in her group of high school friends who did not have name rank clothes, and she felt embarrassed by that. So then, as she grew up, of course, she never wanted to feel that way again. So she made an inner vow and said that I would never, I will never allow my children to ever feel this way. So now they're meeting with me over their finances, and one of the arguments they had was over their clothing budget. They only set aside X amount, and they were spending three, four times that. And the husband was just like, I don't know what's going on. I keep telling her not to, but she keeps doing it. It was a major fight. I remember in this particular situation, I had to step out of the office and said, you guys need to have this out. I'll come back in about five minutes, get it out. Otherwise, we're done. I literally told them, have it out. I'm going to step outside and let you do it. And literally, they got very vocal. And then eventually, I came back in and and were able to continue. (laughs) I can only imagine. But they were so angry at each other. And all of this was because of their own past. It was because of her past wounds due to this. And it wasn't the only issue, but it was one issue that became so clear because as I had the conversation with her later, she reached out to me and just wanted to get some more help. And as I was talking just with her, she opened up and told me the story. And then I thought, well, gosh, you made an inner vow that said, I will never let this happen. And the interesting part was that it didn't actually help her children. I asked her, well, how do your daughters feel about you know going shopping and spending money? She's like, oh, they hate going shopping with me. Because she kept pushing these clothes on them, even though they're like, I don't need that many clothes. Mm-hmm. But to her, she was trying to overcome a past wound, but also at the same time, upholding an inner vow that she made. And an inner vow is like a, a law that you place in your heart that says, I will abide by these rules. And it's almost impossible for you to not behave in that way when you're not aware that you made that inner vow. Uh, that's absolutely incredible how this can affect every socioeconomic status of person Mm -hmm. because you're talking about somebody who lived in a fairly affluent area growing up but it was because they were around other people that were affluent that even though they had clothing they had food they were taken care of as a child right they didn't have the same type of clothing as the kids that they were hanging out with and it ended up not only affecting their life but then their kids lives Mm -hmm. and when they grew up their spouse's life but this is somebody who came from an affluent area i mean This can affect you. These emotional, mental, physical, and spiritual areas affect you no matter where you grew up, Mm. no matter what state you live in, what country you live in, how much money you have. These are, these are real struggles that every person has. And this is why it's so important to realize that we can't judge someone else based on the symptom that is coming out of their pain. Mm. You may see some fruit, But really, the fruit is just 
is just indicating that they've got a pain point somewhere beneath the surface. Now, there are healthy legal boundaries. If somebody is harming somebody else because of the pain they've experienced, they need to be restrained. They need to experience consequence. I'm not saying that, but I am saying that when you're talking to somebody and they lash out and they get angry or they shy away and they cower with fear, it may be because you've touched a pain point in their life and out of that pain, they don't know how to handle it and it triggers them to a response. And I believe that our best response is to be as graceful and kind and loving and to help bring healing into that situation, mm. not to slam into that wound. Right. So uh, past wounds, inner vows, and then the next one is bitterness. And bitterness is uh, really unbelievably terrible. <laughs> this is the the bitter frustration where you have allowed basically poison to seep into your life. And it starts with something so small. Mm. It starts where you expect something to occur, right? and it doesn't occur. A missed expectation. And this could be a number of things. You expect your spouse to do something for you, and they didn't even know you were expecting it, yeah. and they didn't do it. But now you're offended. You have this mixed expectation that leads to an offense. Now, this could be in your spouse relationship. This could be with a boss. This could be with your parents. But that missed expectation leads to an offense in your life. And that offense causes a wound. Mm -hmm. And this goes to the wounds we were just talking about. It leads to anger. And that anger lets the bitterness start to seep in to your mind into your heart, into your emotions. And this is bitterness. Bitterness leads to wrong beliefs about other people, about yourself. And eventually those wrong beliefs affect your finances, affect your decisions, and Mm -hmm. affect your relationships. But it starts with a missed expectation. It's so small. And this is extremely important because if somebody has not fulfilled the expectation that you had on their life, If you go down this journey of the expectation leading to the offense, leading to the wound, leading to anger, leading to bitterness, and you stay in bitterness, man, that root, that weed is going to grow up over and over and over in your life. So you need to be aware that being bitter towards someone or something, you could be bitter towards a government. You could be bitter towards an organization. You could be bitter towards a company. You could be bitter towards um, a place that you've worked. But that bitterness is like you drinking poison hoping that that other individual or that organization gets sick. And it's not going to happen. You're going to get sick and they're going to keep living their life, not even aware probably of the bitterness that you're experiencing. And we'll talk about how to deal with some of these things at the end of the episode, but I want you to be aware that this is something that can dramatically impact your life. The next one we want to talk about is lust. I know this is kind of a big one because it's kind of a shocking thing to talk about, especially on a financial podcast, but there's two big components of lust, and really it has a huge implications on our finances. First of all, it's lusting after possessions and having an uncontrolled desire for more. Uh, and this can be big or small. It, it really doesn't matter what the lust is for, but it's having a consistent, uncontrolled desire in your life that leads to heavy consequences. It doesn't matter what you overspent on or what you overfocus on. It's an uncontrolled desire. This is the problem that we have to deal with. Another one, of course, is sexual lust. And if you consider the industry that has grown up around uh, this, this topic or this issue, uh, the fact that it destroys millions of lives in America and really throughout the world today, 
these addictions lead to broken marriages, it destroys finances, and it's really a broken view of the dignity that God intended for marriage and each person in that marriage. Yeah, lust lust goes across a large spectrum because lust is any unhealthy desire, it's mm-hmm. uncontrolled. Mm-hmm. But when you look at lust in a sexual component and how th- this goes back to the beliefs, to the behaviors, to the actions and outcomes, right? Mm-hmm. If you go to the belief that it's okay for me to lust after something that doesn't belong to me, mm-hmm. if I allow that belief into my heart and I lust after another person, right, uh, physically, sexually, or I lust after an object. Mm -hmm. And if I believe it's okay for me to do that, think about it lusting after a person from a sexual standpoint. If I lust after uh, another woman that's not my wife, then over time, that is going to seep into my behaviors. And that is going to then begin some conversations with my wife that is going to create major problems because she's going to be feeling insecure. She's going to be feeling like I don't care about her. She's going to be feeling all of the beliefs that I believe that I thought, oh, this doesn't harm anybody. Mm -hmm. I can have these thoughts. I can do this without any repercussion, without any damage. As soon as that comes to the light without a healthy surrounding, all of a sudden now I've got marriage problems. Mm. And those marriage problems, when you, if you go through a divorce, not only do you cut your finances in half, you, you have to pay lawyers and mm. you go through an emotionally turbulent time, which affects your career and your friendships. This is a very expensive route, mm. yeah. <laughs> but, but people think, oh, well, it's just, I just, I just had this really deep desire for this thing. And I, you know, when I say lust, lust of the eyes, you can lust after a physical object. You can lust after a position or a status. But here we have seen sexual lust literally destroy families, which then affects kids, which generationally creates problems across um, whole whole people groups. And so this is something that you need to be aware of. And if it's something that you're struggling with, any form of lust, then this is a route that needs to be dealt with because it will lead to practical problems and then will lead to you know outward behaviors that lead to then outcomes that you don't want in your life. Yeah, and some of the consequences of lust is that it drives you to buy more than you need, right? It's not just satisfying a basic need. It's going way beyond. It it could lead to destructive addictions. It can severely cloud your judgment, as David said. As you start thinking about this, you're seeing people in a different light. You're seeing your spouse in a different light. It consumes your valuable time, right? We talk about having purpose, about doing things for the right reason. When lust is driving your life, it's about you. It's about satisfying this desire. And it also makes you do things that are out of character. Mm-hmm. It would surprise people if they found out that you're dealing with something like that, right? I mean, sure. if it's not something that's normal and you think, what would people think if they found out that I have this desire or this lust that I'm dealing with this thing? So there's so many things that that can trigger or can help us to see if that's an issue in our life. And it's something we need to address. Because it doesn't matter. It, it may start very innocently. It could be lust after an object. It doesn't have to be a person. It doesn't have to be a relationship. It's something that drives you to go deeper into something. And over time, it becomes the wrong or maybe the only focus. And all of a sudden, you're sacrificing so many other things. And on the financial side, there's so much connection between uh, sexual addictions and financial mismanagement. Mm-hmm. Because it costs money to go down that path, especially as you get deeper and deeper into it. So... 
it really is something that we need to be very, very cautious of. Yeah. And what I want you to hear as we go through this, lust fits into this same category as insecurity and pride and fear and idolization. All of these are roots that you do have the ability to pull out of your life. Mm -hmm. And root symptoms are a little bit harder to pull out than just mowing over the fruit and the weeds, right? Definitely. But it takes time. It takes energy. But it is worth it. And there is grace in this. This is not like, oh, you have a problem with insecurity, therefore you're a broken and failed human being. No, we all have problems with insecurity. Uh, We all have problems with pride. We all have problems with idolizing things that don't belong to us or that we probably shouldn't idolize. This is to highlight and to remind you that there is hope, that there is help, and that there are ways to overcome this. So when we talk about lust, no matter what it is you're lusting after, every single person has experienced a form of lust and varying degrees of it. Mm -hmm. But that is why we've got to talk about it, identify it, and then begin to take it through the process of healing. So from lust, you move into greed, (laughs) and greed is the opposite of generosity. Uh, It's where you're no longer looking to serve others, but how can you be served? Mm -hmm. And it's where you you are not going to be generous because you are constantly looking for what you can get and take. And you can take from relationships, you can take from a company, you can take from your own time and energy and resources, and you can kill yourself pursuing greed. And so this is another route that we've got to be aware of. Yeah. Another one is poverty mentality. And this is a mindset that consistently leads to poverty. It's almost like self-sabotage. You know, you have this belief that there's no way to get ahead in life. And it's unfortunate when I meet someone that has a poverty mentality, they they have a scarcity mindset. They think there's only so many resources and most of it's already been taken by other people. I think sometimes some of these movements like Occupy Wall Street and some other, you know, these movements that really deal with the fact that people are looking at another group of people and saying, they've taken our portion. You know, the 1% has taken everything from the other 99 And this is a poverty mentality. It's thinking that resources are finite and there's only so much. And it leads us to having a bitterness toward really anybody that's more successful than we are. And that's scary, Leo, because if you're mad at people who are successful, Mm. then what happens if you become successful? Yeah. (laughs) You you actually will self-sabotage yourself to not be successful And from a place of success, you actually have the ability to help more people and pull more people out of poverty and pull more people out of struggle. Mm -hmm. And so if you're self-sabotaging yourself to get to a successful position, you'll never achieve that success. Or maybe you achieve a certain level of success and then you move you know, who you're mad at. Well, I used to be mad at people who earn $50,000 a year, but now I'm mad at people who earn $100,000 a year. Well, now that I earn $100,000 a year, I'm no longer mad at those people because I realized they weren't that bad in the first place. But you know who's really bad is the $500,000 a year group. Man, those are just the worst, right? You either become a hypocrite or you self-sabotage. And this idea that I'm going to take what belongs to somebody else because I deserve it, that... That is a root in and of itself mm-hmm. that causes you to, to make decisions that harm you all throughout your personal life and your financial life. Yeah. So most of these roots, obviously, as we've talked through them, you can realize how they cause a lot of pain and, and they're caused by pain. So we, in turn, are wounded. We have insecurities if all these things because of what's happened to us. And in turn, we can actually do the same thing to others, right? Mm-hmm. We, we're caused by pain, but we can also turn around and do the same. And we need healing. 
We need yeah. to pull out the root for these type of situations that are in our lives. So let's talk about the answer, David. We talked. Yeah. To, we, we really talked a <laughs> we, lot about. We gave a lot problems. of time to the problems. Yeah. So let's talk about what's what's some of the solutions. How do we start bringing the right perspective, the the right things in our lives, the right people in our lives, so that we can have healing, so that we can begin to live in a way that we have contentment because it comes from a deep place inside of us, not just because it's something we've agreed to just do mm -hmm. for a while, and then we keep going back into this lifestyle that gives us the negative outcomes. Mm -hmm. Well, it's usually the pain, these wounds that lead to the pain, that lead to these roots in our lives, that lead to the fruits in our lives. And so the first thing that you've got to do is we've got to lay a framework for grace, because there are going to be things that happen to you and things that you do to other people that, that are problematic and that cause pain and that, that there is no restoration or restitution or reconciliation where you can give something to someone for the pain that you caused or maybe where you're able to ever receive something that directly heals the pain and say, oh, I caused you $100 of damage, I'll give you $100. The first thing you've got to realize is that we have to implement a system of grace into this. Now, from a biblical framework, the reason that I go towards grace first is because what Jesus came to do was provide grace to the world and so because we've received grace, we can then give grace. Now, you could remove that framework and still operate in this grace mindset, but it's going to be a lot harder. But grace is something that is unmerited. It's undeserved. It's unearned. So if somebody wounds you, the first choice that you have is just to provide grace and to say, you know what, I'm going to forgive this person. I'm not going to hold this against them. Uh, I may create some healthy boundaries so that they don't cause me pain again in the future, but I'm not going to be vindictive. I'm not going to create punitive damages that then damage them for the damage they caused me. Uh, this isn't something where they earned it. They don't deserve the grace. The whole idea of grace is that it's unearned, that it's not based on somebody else's performance, but it's based on us forgiving and releasing. So I think that it starts with recognizing the pain that we're in, recognizing the root systems that we have, and then beginning to forgive others. And potentially we may need to forgive ourselves. We may, we may need to release ourselves from some of the things that we have done and say, okay, you know what? I can be forgiven for this. And I love doing that through a biblical framework because it's all there. Um, you know, it, it's easy for me to think of it in that way because Jesus forgave so I can forgive. Mm -hmm. And Jesus served me so I can serve others. And so there is a foundation there. I think if you remove the biblical framework, it becomes more difficult. But I still think that grace and forgiveness is the beginning of the answer. I agree. I agree. There has to be an inner healing that happens. If we don't deal with the, like David said, like we've been saying, the root cause uh, and not just the symptoms, that whatever success we have is gonna be very short. And we're going to go back into those same behaviors that have led us into you know, situations that haven't been good for us. So I think it's important to understand how much of this relies on what's really going on inside of you, that you know, all these symptoms we talked about, all these root causes, everything from greed to lust to insecurity to pride, those are not things that should control and rule our lives. 
we can take control of our lives. There's things that we can do. We can be in relationship, in healthy relationships. We can deal with wounds. We can deal with bitterness. We can deal with all these things, but it requires us really looking deeper and really dealing with it. Uh, whenever I would see our daughters have an argument when they were growing up, especially when they were teenagers, you know, they, they had this season in their lives where they just couldn't stand each other, you know. And it's because there was insecurities going on and there were things going on in their lives that were a little bit different, but yet they didn't see that they were really no different than they were, you know, a year ago. But one was growing up faster than the other, so to speak. There was about two year difference between them. And every time there was an argument, it was because there was an overreaction to something. And the overreaction is what I wanted as a parent. That's what I wanted to focus on. Mm -hmm. I said, it's okay to have arguments, but this overreaction to this issue, you know, she borrowed my blouse or whatever. I said, that's a problem. Let's deal with the real problem. Not the fact that she borrowed your shirt or whatever. That's, yes, we can deal with that in a very practical sense. You need another shirt, we'll buy you one. But that's not the issue. The issue is, why did you overreact where it blew up in the way it did? Mm -hmm. So if you recognize that in your life, that something happens that you have an overreaction, whether it's because of the way you spend money, because of the way your spouse spends money, or other things that trigger this, Let's look a little deeper. Yeah. You know, is there something prideful inside of us that makes makes us do things that are financially damaging to us and to our families? Is there unforgiveness that leads us to be bitter and prideful toward others and, and really want to dominate? We the way we have greed, and that's what drives us, where we overcommit to work and to whatever in order to win. And if we don't look deeper, then we're just going to be almost driven by our emotions. Mm -hmm. And that's it feels helpless and it feels frustrating when all of this stuff seems to just be happening to us. But I want to say that it's really not happening to us. We just need to pause, reassess where we're at, and ask ourselves, why did I have that reaction? Yeah. All right. So let's talk about inner healing a little deeper. Yeah. So, okay, just like you would have physical trauma that we've talked about where you get hit by something maybe in the arm and it causes bleeding underneath your arm, mm -hmm. which leads to a bruise on right. the surface, right? Well, just like you would mend or treat a wound, you would put a salve over it, right? If you had an open cut, you would put um, some Neosporin on there or something to first cover and remove any infection. Then you put a Band-Aid over it so that it could begin to heal. In the same way, when you find yourself with an emotional wound, a mental wound, a physical wound, a spiritual wound, you have to take time to go to heal the root, that inner healing, not just the surface level, because it takes time inside for that bruise in your arm to heal internally for the bleeding to stop, for the bruise to go away. So when you do this, usually you are wounded uh, in an unhealthy relationship, and the answer to bring health usually starts by working with someone mm -hmm. in a healthy relationship. Right. So it's very rare that you can self-heal when you discover one of these roots. It's not impossible. Uh, it is possible for you to identify the root and begin to give grace to others and give grace to yourself, to forgive others and forgive yourself. That is possible, but most of the time, there are enough little lies that you've begun to believe about yourself or about other people or false belief systems that have snuck in that it requires you working with somebody else who can be a mirror <laughs> and show you the things you can't see about yourself. 
So one, it, it's great to work with a professional psychologist, mm-hmm. a licensed professional counselor who their whole job is to help identify some of these wrong belief systems and identify some of those roots. That is a great way to begin this inner healing journey. Another way that's less expensive and simpler often mm-hmm. is just to sit down with a friend, yeah, somebody you can trust somebody that's mature. You don't want to sit down with your gossip friend. (laughs) You want to sit down with the friend who's 5, 10, 15 years ahead of you in life experience, has a mature outlook on who you are and who they are. They're, They're fairly healed so that when they come to help address the problems where you're hurting, they don't trigger themselves. Mm-hmm. So you can't go do this with a friend who's already likely to be triggered by a wound because you're opening, you're, you're basically peeling back the Band-Aid and saying, hey, we need to heal the inside of this. Will you work with me? Will you be like a surgeon who begins to repair the, the, the inner tissue of this wound? I would say not just a friend, but look for a mentor. Look for somebody who has experienced these things and is down the road. Mm-hmm. And personally, I've gone to pastors that specialize in this. I'm a pastor and we have a whole team of pastors at the church that I work at that do this kind of ministry, helping people to heal inner wounds and heal pain and past hurts and trauma so that they don't have the reaction. So inner healing, I believe, happens actually in community. And I say community one-on-one with somebody, or sometimes even in group community where we work together on an issue. Mm -hmm. I think that's one of the places that it starts. Yeah, that's good. I'd also want to go a little further with uh, the mentor that David mentioned, and that is maybe a financial mentor or financial coach. Big time. And it doesn't have to be anyone that's an expert in this. What I love about working with people one-on-one is not helping them to put a budget together or helping getting them out of debt, all of that. Yes, that that has a certain amount of joy to it and and, freedom. So, uh, So yes, I celebrate that with them. What I really enjoy is when we walk down the road for a while, maybe six months to a year, and I'm able to serve as that mirror for them from time to time when they're thinking about making a purchase where I can say, well, let's talk through it. What makes you want to do this? Let's look deeper. It's not just, well, there's an impulse buy. I want to buy something. Let's talk about why do you want to buy this? You know, Because it doesn't fit your financial picture right now. It would be a stretch for you to do it. So what's causing you to even have this struggle? Like you have a budget in place that should guide your, your uh, decisions, but all of a sudden your emotions getting in the way, right? I mean, think about it. You put a plan in place. If you just followed it, right. everything would work out great. We yeah. talked about investing for weeks now. Yeah. And, and we said, if you just put it in place and just do what you're supposed to do, I mean, we could have just done one episode for about three minutes long that said, just do what you're supposed to do. Yeah. And that's the end of the story. But we know that doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Because the reason it doesn't work is because we're dealing with so many things that are based on our emotions. So if you think about a financial coach or someone that can serve as a financial coach, somebody that you can have a meeting with once a month and just be open with and say, here's what we spend money on, or here's what we're thinking about doing. We're thinking about spending money, taking money out for a cash refinance. Talk those things with someone and be open. Don't come trying to convince them what you want to do, but receive from them. Because here's what's going to happen. When you do that, it allows you to see inside of yourself what your motivations are, and it will reveal root causes. And now that you know what they are, you can identify them, and you can start taking small steps toward that healing. So I do believe that it's important, just as David said, to have sometimes a professional psychologist, but sometimes just a friend or someone someone that's experienced in an area that you're trying to win in, 
just have that person to speak into your life. And I think it's one of the ways that we can get better together. That's right. So one of the ways that we want to end this episode is by giving you some time to actually just be still and look back at the things that we talked about and ask which of these things are driving you. What are the things that are holding you back? And I'm just going to list out a bunch of them really, really quickly and just latch on to the few that you've already written down or latch on to the few that you hear this time that really stand out. Uh, What are the things that you believe are roots that need to be dealt with? Insecurity, pride, fear, idolization, past wounds, inner vows, bitterness, lust, greed, and a poverty mentality. Which of these do you need to take some time to look inside and say, okay, this is where I need to address. This is where I need to spend some time. We want you after listening to this episode, don't jump into another episode. Don't jump over to another podcast. Don't go into the rest of your day until you take 5, 10, 15 minutes to be completely still and go over the ones that popped up in your mind and begin to trace back where that root started. And it may have been in your teenage years. It may have been in uh, junior high, in middle school, in elementary school. It may have stemmed from something that happened two or three years ago. I don't know what it is. But take some time to say, okay, where did this come from? How is it driving me? What is the fruit that it's causing in my life? And write that down. Write it down because these internal things are pushing you and you need to be aware of those internal voices. Then take what you wrote down and go sit down with a trusted friend. Go sit down with a mentor. Go sit down with a pastor or a leader and begin to open up and share what's going on inside of you. This is where healing is going to come. Walk in grace. Receive grace. Uh, you, You don't have to be perfect. It's okay that you're not perfect. There is grace that can cover these problems. Uh, There is forgiveness that can come even when it's unmerited. Uh, And you can forgive others Mm. who don't deserve it. Uh, It wouldn't be forgiveness if they deserved it. (laughs) Like, you don't forgive somebody who didn't do anything wrong. You forgive when somebody did do something wrong. So it's not wrong to release this. It actually heals you instead of holding on to them. So I hope you'll take some time. Yeah, that's really good. I hope that you'll that you'll go through a process of identifying internally and then bringing it to somebody that you can work with on these things. This is this is being free so that you can pursue your true life's purpose. That's right. We talk about giving you education and inspiration to pursue your true life's purpose through financial freedom. This is the kind of freedom that we're talking about. Freedom from the wounds, freedom from the pain, freedom from the roots that have locked you into certain places. They're like, that's literally bondage that's keeping you in a certain rut of your life. This is the freedom that we want for your life. Yeah, and truly this is true financial freedom. Mm-hmm. Is when you're living in a way that you're content and you're adding value to other people because you yourself are a whole person. Mm-hmm. Not perfect, no one's perfect, you're going to make mistakes, but you are well aware of who you are, you understand what you're dealing with, and you're walking in relationship with other people that are helping and speaking into your life so that you can stay true to the person you really are called to be and to walk in that healing and that full fullness of life that you are created to live. And finances have a way of making you aware when you slip off. 
So that's why we mentioned it. <laughs> that's, that's why I love finances yeah, because I mean, they're, they're a, the fruit. They're the, they're the symptom. Yeah. And that allows you to actually get to the root. <laughs> so yeah, even though this, these last two episodes weren't about finances, they really are about finances because we can teach you and we can share with you all these, all this knowledge about how to manage money well, how to successfully invest and do all these things. But unless you're able to operate out of a place of contentment, out of a place of, of self-awareness and healing, then anything else that you learn how to do, you're going to sabotage. You're going to make financial decisions that are purely emotional. And unfortunately, because they're coming from a bad root, you're going to have a bad fruit. Mm -hmm. And our desire is that you would have good roots so you'd have great fruit. That's right. Well, I hope that you enjoyed this episode. I hope that you'll share it with somebody because every person that I've ever met is dealing with some root in their life, mm -hmm. is dealing with some broken belief system. So I hope that you'll immediately share uh, this episode and the previous episode and let them go through this two episode series on dealing with roots and root causes of financial problems and financial wounds. This is not only going to bring healing in your life, but it's also going to bring healing in other people's lives. So please take some time and share this episode. Uh, this is one of the reasons that we have stewardshippastors.com is so that we can help people, uh, whole communities of people, get the kind of information that will bring healing, not only to their finances, but to every area of their life. It's one of the reasons that Leo writes so much on his personal website, leosabo.com. And he, he has blogs and we have the podcast and we have tools because we really want to bring healing to other people's lives. We really want to help other people. So take some time, share this on LinkedIn, literally go on LinkedIn and share it. Uh, go on to Facebook and share it. Go on to Instagram and share it. Wherever your favorite social media place is, jump on there. Share this two-part series. Uh, say a few good things about it. Give a five-star in the Apple iTunes you know, rating system. Uh, on other rating systems, it may be a like or a heart or a comment. But let us know that you're enjoying this. We've heard so much good feedback in the past few months. Uh, and it's just been really rewarding to be able to help people very practically in finances, but more importantly, on true freedom, on what it looks like to be truly free, to pursue your true life's purpose. And I know that as you share this with others, it will also continue to be even more of a blessing in your life because as we're generous and we help others, uh, there's something that's released in our lives. So we look forward to having you join us next time so that together we, we can, can keep, keep getting, getting money, money right. right. I think it's important to understand how much of this relies on what's really going on inside of you. That, you know, all these symptoms we talked about, all these root causes, everything from greed to lust to insecurity to pride, those are not things that should control and rule our lives. 